0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 25 of Rise Up, the podcast. I'm here with your favorite host, Greg Grenley. and Unfortunately, Scotty Rogers is, unfor- is unable to be with us today. He's coaching those Calvert Hall boys to a victory. So, shout out to Scotty. Shout out to the Calvert Hall uh, men's lacrosse team there. We hope they uh, catch a dub. But, Greg, before we get into this action-packed episode, we got Joey Cipollina coming on. We got big weekend of games to recap. And we have the you know, NCAA tournament really starting to shake out. Let me you know, Tell me about your week. How have you been?
1: Good, man. Big shout out to Wimeronek High School. We were down 8-2 at halftime, came out in the second half against a very good Wontaw team, and we ended up winning 12-11. Will Schlama, the faceoff man, absolute savage, only lost two faceoffs the whole rest of the game. So, yeah, awesome, awesome stuff on that front. As far as everything else goes, man, I've just been enjoying the college lacrosse. We're getting close to tournament time. I love the conference tournaments. It's just a cool thing. How about you?
0: Dude, I was actually up in your neck of the woods this week, uh, up in White Plains. I drove by the Marinex signs, and I thought no call, you, huh? I, you. What are you going to come watch me coach up my third graders? No way. Never I should have. I should have. I was Probably. down and back. I should. Yeah, I exactly, would, but. exactly. But my Pelham uh, <laughs> third and fourth grade team had a big victory against White Plains. You know, we're still only playing seven on seven, but kids are improving. Love to see. I
1: had a love Pelham. Yeah. Face off man for Pelham, Jack Mallinson. Good kid.
0: Dude, they're, they're building the program, and they, they brought me in to start building the blocks, building the foundation early. We got a good group of uh, coaches from New York City. We commute up, um, you know, some great po- former college players, uh, Joe Riley, Connor Gately, Matt Graham, all, you know, very successful college players. So it's great, you know, doing it with them and, and fun hanging out with the kids. Yeah,
1: we'll have to get the Pelham boys into the FOA. At some point, we can talk about that.
0: For sure. I can connect you there. But then, yeah, today, busy day. I had a, I had you know full day of work, had a lesson with my boy Pedro up in the Upper West Side, and then had a nice dinner. And you know, I was thinking about this while I was eating. I want to bring it up with you. There's nothing I enjoy more than a nice tall glass of milk with my dinner. And I get so much hate about it. Like, what's your take
1: on that? I got to tell you, uh, that's not me. No. Um, I am strictly a ice water guy at dinner. Like even if like last night we took the kids out to Hibachi for the first time and I asked for a Sephora, a large, of course, (laughs) and that thing's got to be done by the time food comes out, because I do not like drinking beer with my dinner. I'm not just not that kind of guy. So, yeah, I mean, hey, man, I don't whatever gets you going
0: I, I it's i get so much heat about it and it's like not, i never want to go out like if i go out to dinner i'm not gonna order a glass of milk but like yeah. in my in my own home like that's just how i grew up like when i was a kid always glass of milk with dinner and i still you know love it after a long day sitting down having some chicken and rice and a tall glass of hey, milk. hey man
1: good for you hey you get that extra vitamin d in there hey whatever gets you going dude
0: yeah strong bones but uh, like I said earlier, you know we have an action-packed episode. As always, it's brought to you by our sponsors, Roback. Use code RISEUP20 for 20% off all of your Roback orders. We love rocking it. I love rocking it. Uh, I'm going down to play golf in South Carolina this weekend. I'll be packing my Roback to, out on the course. Don't get, don't get your face so excited. It's not, it's not a golf trip, but it's a, it's a wedding. But I've made sure to bring my sticks and uh, mix it around while I'm down there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah and then also we're gonna have to shout out Face Off academy and 42 performance llc we just heard greg talking about the outstanding performance i have to assume that's a foa guy of course he is and you know these guys i'm on with here every week they're just you know putting in work day in day out making people at their respective positions better preparing them for college all that great stuff so shout out to them and you know We're going to get into some scores and recaps later this week or later in the episode after uh, Spolina comes on. But, you know, tell me, I guess, you know, where we are in the season. Like, how are you feeling? And I know, you know, your Penn State Nittany Lions are, you know, still, you know, clocking wins in. Um, We had some big games this weekend. Duke just swept UVA. What what was your main takeaway from this past weekend?
1: Man, Duke really has UVA's number. I didn't realize till the beginning of the season how long it's been since UVA beat Duke in the regular season. I had no idea. But when you look at this right now, I think, I think the, the picture is becoming clearer. There are some teams that have really lit up the um, resume. So when you look at the ACC, you got UVA, Notre Dame, Duke, locks. I think when you look at the Big Ten, you have Penn State, Maryland. I would even argue Hopkins are locks. And then the Ivies, man, I think Cornell's the only lock. And then who knows? But then you got the tournaments, and you have automatic bids. Now the ACC doesn't get an automatic bid, but the other the other conferences do. So those conference those conference tournaments are going to mean a lot this year. If Penn State manages to beat Rutgers, which Rutgers they should be playing for their lives, not going to be easy.
0: I, I'm so dumb with Rutgers, you know, getting all this hype because they're still getting ranked high. You know, with the math and the RPI, their are still style. getting ranked
1: based on what they did a couple of years ago
0: but still i mean looking at their wins they you know they beat princeton but they lost to a struggling ohio state team they lost to hopkins they lost to maryland and they lost to army and army quite frankly when they they lost uh by a goal to cornell all the numbers point to that their patriot league are bust like they even though they're sitting at 9 and 2 or 10 and 2 whatever they are their route at at large just isn't there anymore because of that Cornell loss. And now if they want it'd be a different story. But because the yeah. ACC sucks up so many um, at-large bids, that's the problem. Yeah. And now these teams are fighting for so much fewer spots.
1: Yeah, I mean, the ACC is definitely going to have three. And I think when you look at, you know, Syracuse isn't done yet. UNC could make a run you never know. And Like, the ACC could suck up a bunch. Like you're saying, now the, the Ivy League, you got – You got Cornell. The other ones are – all the other teams are just eating each other and fighting. The Patriot League is fascinating to me. Lehigh versus uh, BU this weekend is going to be massive. And I think when you look at the Patriot League, you have – Navy is is still fighting. They refuse to die. Army's had a pretty – I mean, a pretty decent season – and then you have Lehigh, you have BU. Right now, as we speak, Loyola is getting massacred by Georgetown. Like we're about to, I might have to call the cops. <laughs> like <laughs> Loyola's Loyola's Twitter account stopped tweeting about ten minutes ago. <laughs> so <laughs> things are not good. Um, yeah, so it's it's a, it's interesting, man. It's going to be a wild last week.
0: I'm excited for it for sure and yeah. you know we'll get into some more things later on in the episode but without further ado we're going to turn it over to freshman phenom number 22 at Syracuse Joey Spelina. A very very welcome to the podcast Joey Spelina number 22 for the Syracuse Orange was the number one recruit coming out of high school. Man we're pumped to have you on. How you doing Joey?
2: Good good yeah I just got, uh, just got done with my last class of the day so uh, all good.
1: Yeah, how the how the professors treating you there up in uh, upstate?
2: Uh, they've all been good except my uh, archaeology at the movies guy. He's uh, it's been brutal. Wait, brutal. it's
1: called archaeology at the movies?
2: Yeah, it's honestly a pretty interesting class. It's just like the guy, te- like teaches in like monotone, so it's just like brutal.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you get you, know, you get that every once in a become, while. You gotta you gotta. <laughs> how do you become an archaeology at the movie professor? <laughs>
2: No, it's uh, like, I mean, the class is like, it's pretty easy. Like we take like a 10 minute quiz and then he like teaches for like an hour and then we watch like a movie for like the
1: other hour. Like, it's actually crazy. This is a fantastic recruiting cell for a lot of kids out there it's, right now. It's
0: funny you, you bring that up because that reminds me, that reminds me of a class I took at Villanova. So we were a Catholic school, but we had yeah. a class called Bible on the big screen. No and, way. <laughs> and we would watch, you know, movies that were related to Bible stories and then we'd have to talk about how they related. Did you watch Ten Commandments? Yeah. Oh yeah.
1: Dude, that <laughs> probably took you half a semester to watch.
0: <laughs> no, we had to watch on our own time and then talk That's about it. a
1: twelve oh. hour movie. So <laughs> oh, Joey, um people don't I, for those people who people don't understand at home. Before he was number twenty two at Syracuse, Joey Spilina was the bobblehead sitting at lizards practice, sniping <laughs> corners by himself. Oh yeah. And your brothers were running around and helping me with face off drills <laughs> before games. Dude, tell us about growing up. Just I mean your dad is making a name for himself as a legendary women's lacrosse coach. He was oh, yeah. you know, he led me to the promised land with the lizards to a championship. I am indebted for, to him for that forever. But just tell us about growing up as a Spelina man. Your uncles in the Hall of Fame <laughs> now, Brian. Just tell us all about it.
2: Um, so I, I mean, I would first start with just like those practices are like unreal, you know, like like those like that was like the best part of my week was like getting to go to those, and I would leave school like probably like an hour early, which was always so awesome. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just like getting to like have a catch and like you know shoot with like Rob and Paul and Joe walters like just like all those guys like like it was it was just unreal you know it was just like probably like just the sickest thing ever but uh definitely to go back to my family i I mean like like for like the holidays like no one is safe like like (laughs) like you can get sharp doing anything and uh god forbid if you have a girlfriend you know like like (laughs) you got to tell everybody about her and you know you got to (laughs) show you got to show pictures and you know what she does and what her what her parents do and the whole ten—it's it's unreal. But uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely what has you know made me into the player that I am today. You know, like you got to have thick skin. You know, I think growing up in my house, you know, there's five of us No, there's actually uh, there's nine of us now. We have two dogs which are beasts and they they might be the most aggressive people in the house <laughs> right now. They are absolutely, they are, they are dogs, like legit <laughs> dogs. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just unreal.
0: Yeah, Joey, that, that's so funny. You know, growing up in a family like that, it's like iron sharpens iron. It's either, you know, get no with doubt. it or get out. But, uh, talk to me more about, you know, growing up, you know, as, you know, being part of that legendary Team 91 team. And you see all those guys that you play with having so much success in the college game now, man. What was that like?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, it's actually pretty, uh, funny. Me and, me and my dad were talking about this and it's like like if you go down like the rock like the roster, like every guy is like, you know, like contributing or like, you know, like 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 doing like really, really well. Like it's sick. Like that team was just unreal. I mean, from top to bottom it was like every guy I think starts, which is unreal, you know. Yeah. But uh but yeah, I mean I think just like growing up and playing on that team and playing up two years was just you know, like you almost like had to be good, you know, or else you were you were just gonna get killed, you know. But uh, yeah, I mean, just playing with those guys and with uh Brandon and Mac, you know, those they're oh they're great, great players, you know. But but um, but yeah, I mean, like they were they definitely taught taught me a ton, you know. And um, I mean, our defense was great. I don't think anybody really talks about them, but they were unreal. But so uh, you know, just being able to go against them you know for four to five days a week for three hours at a clip you know is th- definitely what uh made made me into the guy and player that i am right now so uh yeah
1: which is a pretty damn good player right now
2: and, <laughs> and, you know, trying trying on your,
1: your family you guys you'll never toot your own horn so i'll do it for you here like right now as a freshman wearing 22 yeah you're ahead of schedule as far as points go as Mikey Powell's legendary freshman year mm. and when you look at the 22s and the rafters there like what's it been like from the time you got to campus and knowing everybody pointing at you knowing who you are knowing what yeah. you're going to wear to right now like what's that evolution been like for you
2: yeah I mean I would say like just like the first practice was like you know it was it was pretty and pretty crazy you know because like you got coach Petro who's unreal you know like he's he's you know screaming at you and you know talking crap to you so uh you know but i think from that point to right now you know i think obviously i've definitely changed as a player and as a person but uh, but yeah i mean just wearing 22 you know just like you go anywhere and like there's always like someone that like knows about lacrosse which is like which is the biggest recruiting point that i can say for qc is like everybody cares. Like, like it could be anybody, like everybody cares. Like Q's lacrosse is life, like which is sick, you know? But, uh, yeah, I mean, just like having like twenty twos from the past, like reach, reach out, reach out to me and all that stuff has been uh great, you know, I mean, after that first game, which I couldn't hit the side of a barn, you know, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I think I, uh, I think I got my stuff together since that point. But, uh, yeah, I mean it's just like playing in the dome and you know, just like you just get the chills every time, you know, it's just an unreal feeling and place to play. But uh yeah, I mean it's been it's been just as I would have imagined it to be.
0: And I you know, you you brought up your first game and, and we had Kark on you know, not too long after that. And, you know, we were talking to Kark about it. And, you know, I, I said to Kark, you know, the first one drops. You know, he's having three, four, five goals that game. You're generating such great looks. And, you know, yeah. I could tell you're frustrated. But, you know, that's how it goes sometimes is, as a first game. You know, first game as a college player. But back to how you talked about, you know, your life at home, that iron sharpens iron. Like, you, you know, shut everyone right up right after that. I'd love to see that and it's so fun watching you guys play. I love tuning in whenever I can um you know you guys play like with some flair. You know you're having fun out there. You can tell everyone on the field on the offensive end's having fun. So what's it like playing with those guys? You know you got Hiltz um, Simmons who's a fifth year and then that kid uh, yeah. Finn Finn Thompson is so fun yeah. to watch. His stick skills, is, oh my god.
2: Yeah. Finn is I've I've grown. I have uh, grown to be very close with uh with Finn. And uh you know I think I actually talked about this the the other day um like the thing that is definitely great with this offensive group is we are all best friends you you know like like we're with each other all the time you know doing doing god knows what but uh you know i mean we're um you know it's just a great group of guys you know and i think someone that's really helped me offensively with just everything and just being a good teammate and being a good player is Cole curse i don't know if like I don't, I don't know if you guys have ever met him, but Cole Curse is the is like, like if I was to have a like a daughter, a kid, I would I would want her to date him. Like he is, he is (laughs) the man. He is the nicest guy, unreal. Like he is, he's helped all of us out like a ton. You know, because he he brings like the energy to practice that. Like you know, when like you might not want to, you know, go outside when uh, when you know in the middle of. March when you got Maryland that week, but, you know, he's, he's the first guy out there screaming and, you know, getting everybody going. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it's, it's just been great so far, you know, like you said, you know, we're just having fun, you know, and just, uh we're just playing to together right now.
0: Yeah, I love I love that you brought up Kirst. I, I feel bad not shouting him out. I played at Villanova with his older brother Connor, and that family's just all time uh, nicest like, nicest human beings out there. So smiley. Never always, heard a
1: bad thing. Always put a smile on your face. Always, always. It's uh, it's unreal. So where we, where you guys are at now? Let's talk. Let's talk right now. So yeah. where I mean, you guys came off a of big dub. You guys are still making yeah. noise, and I feel like. We were just talking about in the intro about you know the outlook of the ACC in this home stretch. What do you what do you guys you know what do you see coming forward? What do you what are things that are making the difference for this team as you guys put these big wins together?
2: Yeah, so I think I think in the beginning of the year, like you know, I think like it was just like one play away, like each game, you know, it was like one play that just like completely turned the game, you know, or or like you know that one play at the end where we just couldn't, you know we just couldn't find the goal, you know, for, uh, you know, but I mean, we just, we're just taking it one game at a time right now. You know, I think we're, we're just focusing in on the team that we're playing that week. You know, I think we played a great Princeton team. You know, I, I, I think that was, that was the first game that we've played together for 60 straight minutes, you know, and I think that carried over into the next game and hopefully UNC can carry over into this week and, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think like even like practice, like today and Monday, like it was intense. Like, it's like, everybody's just dialed in and like, you know, like just like ready to go, which I think is definitely a big thing from the beginning of the year. You know, it's just how, how like intense practice is, it, you know, but, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that, I mean, you can tell how hard a team practices and how hard they prepare by the way that they engage from the beginning of a game. Yeah. And I feel like you guys, you know, you're in a position, in my opinion, where everything's laid out right in front of you. No doubt. And if you finish strong, then you guys can get into the tournament and then you're dangerous. Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, good luck on that part. I think, you know, you guys are starting to figure it out. And like like Sybe said, I mean, the offense just looks like it's having a good time. I feel like Jack Fine is giving you guys a little bit more of a dynamic look at the stripe. No, no offense, doubt. Yeah. Um, which is good to see. I mean, I haven't seen Jack in a while. I've missed that kid. He's <laughs> awesome. Um, he is so awesome. Yeah, but the one other thing I wanted to ask you, too. What's it like knowing that your brothers are coming right after <laughs> you? Like, you're going to have those knuckleheads at Syracuse with you soon
2: yeah i think uh i think the only thing my mom's really worried about is just like us going out at night you know all th- three of us at the same place you know might not uh end up too well for some pe- some your mom guys, that might but, be the uh,
1: only person on earth who doesn't want <laughs> her younger brothers to go out with their older brother
2: yeah and just, she, she's like you're actually yeah. getting more trouble <laughs> fighting over the exactly, bottom bunk. exactly but uh but yeah i mean it's like i think everybody dreams of playing with their you know playing with their family you know which, which is definitely something that i'm looking forward to you know i think jake's going to have a great opportunity right away i think same with brett too but uh but yeah i mean i think you know i just like jake is just a dog you know he's he's not fun to play against at all you know and you know him i i will never forget this story uh, it's my my it was my junior year. Jake was a sophomore. It was, like, our first game. It was, like, the first game where, like, you know, like, he's, like, really playing, you know? And uh, I forgot who we were playing, but it was, like, the first, like, run that he had. He just lights this kid up, like, a full, like, like non-releasable, and I'm, <laughs> like, I'm going to love playing with this kid, like, for the <laughs> ten or 10 or so. Like, you know, because... I know, like one, like he'll always have my back, you know, which is you know, which is what you would want. But uh I mean like like he just he's just a beast, you know. I think he's gonna come in and help us in multiple spots, you know. But uh yeah, I mean I just it's gonna be awesome.
1: Yeah, Jake's Jake's gonna come in and help. I mean Brett both of them are gonna help, but Jake's gonna yeah. be to have an opportunity, not just as a face off guy, but also a two way mid. It's gonna be yeah. pretty cool. And and Sibes when we were at these lizards practices um, when they were little guys, you know, you would have the Understeins. So Mike and Kevin Understein were practicing on one end and they would get into fist fights with each other. And yeah. Twins. And then you'd look down at the other end of the field and Brett and Jake are twins and they would be right, beating the, the shit face. out of each other on the other end. And you're just like, yeah. dude, how are we? And then we would go out and crush a team by 10 goals the next day. Like, yeah. <laughs> like that somehow that shit worked. Oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, the Mean streaks, both of them. I love it.
2: Yeah, they're 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 beast. Uh They they actually played. They played tonight. They played uh, Bayport. They beat them four two. Very slow game. Which Bay Bay
0: Long Island lacks, man. Is Hard so
2: slow. Yeah, they play so slow. But uh, Brett uh Jake Jake had a goal and an assist. I think he was ten of eleven on the faceoff, which is good. And good uh, in the office. Yeah, Brett, Brett had a couple of GBs. He took, uh, I think, a one-minute unnecessary foul. So, uh, you know, I was happy for him. And, uh, you know, actually, Greg, I think you would appreciate this. But uh, right before the game, my uncle sent a text in our group chat saying, Brett, if you don't have at least three minutes in penalties, you are you are getting unedited from the chat. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Dude, I was going to say, so Brett's a defender, and his idol yeah. growing up and watching was Brian Spolina. who – Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to learn how to be in the box from anybody <laughs> – It's him. It's, it's him. him. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I could see Brett having a perfect defensive game, shutting an attackman down on the yes. national f- semifinal, and then Brian yelling at him afterwards because he didn't get any penalties.
2: <laughs> yeah, because he didn't get any penalties. Yep, yeah. That's exactly what it
0: is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Joey, we t- we touched upon this a little bit, Greg, with the, kind of how the, how the season's been going, and, and you know the outlook for the last two games, and you know the ACC tough this year, right? Because you don't have a tournament, so yeah. you know you got two games left. You guys, you know, really do control your own destiny here, and you're mm-hmm. looking down yeah. the barrel of playing, you know, two two of the best teams in the country. You know, what's the vibe yeah. in the locker room like?
2: Uh, I mean, so definitely after y- UNC, and you know, I think vibes are honestly great right now you know i think everybody's just fired up and everybody knows like what's you know like what we got to do you know i don't think anybody's really talking about it. i think everybody just knows at this point you know but uh but yeah i mean vibes are great you know i think you know i think we're definitely excited i think we're we're very anxious you know because yeah. we're a, obviously a very young team but, but uh but yeah i mean i think you know, I think as you've seen, I think just the more that we play, the more comfortable we get, you know, and I think that's just, you know, I think that'll show this weekend, you know, I think we got a pretty good game plan, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's just like, it's great. And right I, you know, I think everybody's just pumped up and, you know, just absolutely jacked up. Love it. Did they let you spin
0: on the ox in the locker room as a freshman or you got to wait your turn?
2: Oh, uh, no, no. And you don't, you don't even want me on there. I'm a big, uh, I'm a big, uh, con- country guy.
0: Everyone likes a country cool. guy. I'm sure Kirst loves that stuff. No,
2: Cole. Yeah, Cole's a big uh, rock and roll guy. So uh, <laughs> who, who, he also does who the runs the ox in the yeah. locker room? Uh, this guy Johnny Cullen. He's we actually call him DJ Johnny Co.
1: <laughs> Love it. That sounds exactly like what you would call him. <laughs> <laughs> All the Long Island dudes at Syracuse right now. That yeah.
2: Perfect.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but, yeah, I mean, you got you got two games ahead of you. You control your own destiny. You've yeah. been absolutely crushing it. You know, it's interesting. People, um, you know, optics-wise, watching you and your brothers and your whole family really – I mean, your sister's crushing it too. Oh, she's killing uh, You know, and people can look back and say, oh, you know, those kids are getting pushed too hard. They don't understand your family, man. You guys yeah. love it. Yeah. And, you know, your yeah. dad is one of the best human beings I've ever been around, and he absolutely – like, he – he just cultivates your guy's passion and i think uh when well, you know you, like you said the first game of your entire career you you know you had a rough statistical game but you figured it out and and you know like you said your your household was all about busting balls was all about having tough skin about yeah. whatever like and i know one thing about the spelina family it's us against the world so you, know, you figured it out. You're kicking ass right now. I'm so happy for you, dude. It's this is a very this is a very cool moment for me, just seeing how far you've come, literally from the time <laughs> you're a little guy to now. Yeah. Um, so you know, c- good luck in the next two games, man. Good luck in those games. Hopefully, we'll see you uh, see you in there in the tournament.
2: Hell yeah! Thank you guys,
0: Joey. It was a pleasure having you on, man. Good luck the rest of the year. I'm rooting for you. All of us over at Rise Up are cheering you in the Cuse Hell
2: yeah! Thank you guys.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back from that fantastic interview with Joey Spilina. Man, what a great kid! He's so so smiley, giggling, and you, you can tell he's just enjoying himself as you know a college lacrosse player. And I, I miss that shit, man. And you know I root him on big time. I wish him all the best. It was great having him on.
1: Yeah, easy, easy kid, easy family to cheer for for sure.
0: Well, Greg, I know we touched upon it a little bit earlier on in this episode, but we got some scores to recap. Um, some big games with some big implications happened last weekend. Um, we touched upon Duke beating UVA. I think, you know, you mentioned, you know, how Duke owns UVA in the regular season, and, you know, they can hold that crown for now, but I still think UVA's like, we don't care. We, we You know, we got the rings from the past couple of years. Or Do you think it actually matters or not until it comes to playoff time?
1: It matters a lot on the recruiting trail. That's the only reason you see Duke shouting it from the rafters on Twitter.
0: Well, they, they, right? so, they switched McCabe-Millen from UVA to Duke, right?
1: I mean, I'm just saying, like like you kids pay attention to everything. But
0: what so, what recruits better than a national championship ring?
1: I don't know. One that never <laughs> loses to that team? <laughs> 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 but I mean, look, I mean, if your kid is is making a decision between UVA and Duke, you you did it. You're a great parent. Way to go. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think, you know, Duke, you know it's crazy like this might be the – like, we were talking about this right before Duke really went on a tear, remember? We were saying how, like, no one's really talking about him. Demer was saying it during our interview. He's like, we like this. No one's talking about us. No matter how many games they win, no one's like, ah, you know, I. every time, like, oh, Duke versus UVA, I'm going to take UVA. Duke versus Notre Dame, I'm going to take Notre – It's like, they're winning, man. They won't stop winning. And I think the only team, in my opinion, that can handle them one-on-one is Notre Dame.
0: Yeah, they they Duke finishes out the season with Syracuse. We talked about it with Joey, um, and then Merrimack College. So nice little tune up game before the tournament. But uh, yeah,
1: don't, don't don't sleep on Merrimack. Uh,
0: I mean, I don't think they're gonna. I think Duke will be ready to rock and preparing themselves for the tournament. But let's we'll not get ahead of ourselves, you know. But you're absolutely right about Duke. You know, they're rolling. They're fun to watch. You know, Brennan O'Neill is just continuing to do him. Um, That kid Ledman, you know, is coming out as a top, oh, mid, one when he's basically played every position for Duke at some point in his career. So that's awesome to see. But, yeah, I mean, they're both teams that we both know are going to go deep in the playoffs. And, yeah, Duke has the bragging rights this week, but I think once tournament time comes around, hopefully they meet again.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you you never bet against Lars Tiffany, but you also don't bet against Dino. Um, One of the reasons that they recruit, offensive guys so well is because they always end up being who we thought they were going to be when they're at Duke.
0: And they right? all break each other's Renniello records. Renniello they all break each other's exactly records.
1: exactly who we thought he was going to be at Duke. McAdory is being, is exactly who he thought he was going to be. So like when you're, when you, there are some programs where high-touted recruits end up going there and they don't quite turn out to be the badasses you thought they were going to be. You always end up being that dude when you go to Duke um, because you have, Not just Coach Donowski, but you have his son, Matt Donowski, who is an offensive guru. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they got Caputo helping out as well. I mean, that that offense is clicking on all cylinders, man. I I really think that when all is said and done, when you're looking at this picture, I would not be surprised at all if we end up with a Notre Dame-Duke championship.
0: No, I don't think you're wrong, and, and you know you mentioned Macadori and O'Neill. I mean, we had Joey Spolino on. That was you know who we played with in middle school and high school. Imagine showing up to a summer tournament and them rolling out those three. Like, what are you gonna do, dude?
1: It's, it's that insane. Club program could have beaten some some <laughs> college teams. <laughs> I, mean, you're-
0: I meant to bring this up with Joey, but uh i've been in wormholes on on youtube before and there's like an hour-long documentary about their team 91 team on youtube yeah it's unbelievable
1: yeah like at some point when the pll like 10 years from now all of those dudes are going to be on a documentary talking about how they're
0: going to make a new they're going to make a new pll expansion team team 91
1: (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) no i mean that that team was legendary um you know, and, and once again, just a nice sad reminder that Brendan O'Neill committed to Penn State first.
0: Oh, I know. So
1: let's move on because I'm going to start to cry.
0: Let's move on to uh, Penn State. Big okay. win over Michigan. You know, they were down most of the game. Um, and, you know, Michigan's no easy out. You know, they're a good no. team. And, you know, Penn State is just continuing to find ways to win, continuing to strengthen their resume in a very hard league to win in. So I think, I mean, for you as a Penn State fan, it's got to be looking good.
1: Yeah, I gotta tell you, I, I'm, I, Michigan was the one I was worried about down the stretch. I, you know, with two games left, the difference between this Penn State team and Penn State teams that I've seen you know, over the last five to six years is one: you cannot count this team out. Like, so for instance, you know, objectively, if you're watching on television, you're watching Michigan versus Penn State. You're watching Michigan winning the majority of the face-offs throughout the entire game, their their face-off guy is going down and literally leaning at a 45-degree angle. You can see it from space. And all of a sudden in the fourth quarter, Chase Mullins, face-off guy for Penn State, just says, screw this shit, and wins four out of six big ones. They come back and they win. This team always, even in the the game they lost to Maryland, they scrapped and fought to the very last second. This team has guts. The other thing that they have, is they aren't the Penn State teams of the past who will win a big game and then let you down the next week. We've had issues with that consistency. And right now, this is a consistent team um, that plays to the last whistle. And I love watching them play. The one game you saw them come out a little slow and not play balls to the wall was Marquette. And they ended up losing that game by one. Marquette's a good team, in my opinion. They're they're tricky to, to play, especially that defense. But they learned a lesson that day, that if they don't come off the bus, they're not good enough just to have Penn State on their uniforms and win games. So if they, if they win this game against Rutgers and they make it to the championship of the Big Ten tournament, I see them being a top-four team. Yeah,
0: I mean, I think you know the Big Ten right now at the top is a logjam. You have you know Maryland three and one, Hop three and one, Penn State three and one, and you you jogged my memory a little bit talking about you know the Penn State teams of old, and I and I look back to that Final Four run they had with Grant Amant and Mac O'Keefe, and you you knew those were their guys, right? They were just absolute studs. They still are studs, but this year's Penn State team are doing it almost this in is a deeper team. It's, and it's almost like they're nameless, you know, not nameless yes. because they have great players. You know, the trainer, the trainer brothers and um, what's the kid's name who wears number seven? Um, Dude, they got But, you know, no, T.J. Got, TJ Malone, TJ Malone, they,
1: they T.J. Can TJ Malone. Beat you. Yeah, they can beat you from the midfield. They can beat you from behind. They can beat you from the wing. They can beat you in transition. Their goalie, young goalie, is playing like a stud All-American style last couple games. They are believing that they're as good as they are. And it's scary for the rest of the country. Um, You don't want to play Penn State right now. Yeah. You know, I'm proud as hell to say that. I think it's awesome. And like I've said in the past, this is a Tambroni. Every single dude on this team has a hard hat and they're going to work. So good for them. However, Rutgers is is not a layup. And they're playing at home. Uh, you know in front of their seniors the Penn State team is playing in front of their seniors senior night you want to give it everything you got but Rutgers is battling for their lives too Rutgers needs to win out and then they make they need to make serious noise in the Big Ten tournament to make it
0: absolutely well and we'll stay in the Big Ten uh, with the next result was Maryland 11 Rutgers 8 and what you're right Rutgers is showing fight you know that three goal loss to Maryland is is nothing to, you know, be bummed out about. You know, you're in, in a game with the defending national champs. But with that being said, you know, you're absolutely right. Rutgers is on life support right now. I think yeah. they, they've squandered a bunch of opportunities that they've been in games, and they also really don't have a statement win. I don't think they've really beaten anyone of too much merit. Um, So they're looking for that, and Penn State could yeah. be that kind of, you know, badge for them to be like to the committee hey you know we got this you know top five rpi win so definitely a dangerous game
1: they're they're a little bit like i was saying like the old penn state teams that were inconsistent like they'll you know and and any of their big wins at the time aren't as they, they're lackluster now like they beat princeton we're like ooh, okay you know, they lose to Army and now, you know, we're like, oh, and, and, and the problem for them is they can't hang their hat on a specific specialization. Like there are some teams where you're like, like Lehigh, for instance, you're like, Lehigh is always got a shot against anybody because of Mike Sisselberger, and their goaltending is, is awesome. You know, that's not the case. Rutgers isn't, is super inconsistent on faceoffs, Um, So, you know, it, it's not like they're going to have a huge possession advantage in any of these games. So it's just, it's really hard. It's really hard if you don't have something that you're just profoundly better at that can, you can hang your hat on in really tough times. So, yeah, I think I'm actually – I'm fascinated by the Ohio State-Michigan game coming up this weekend. Definitely. Um, obviously, that's a massive rivalry in sports, but Michigan beat Maryland. Ohio State has really underperformed this year. Um,
0: but Ohio State – And, I, and yeah. things
1: can't be, can't be easy – Total. In, uh Columbus
0: right now. No, I agree. And I'm sure they're frustrated. You know, we talked about Glovegate in the game against Maryland. That's another game, you know, they were right in it and they just yep. coming up a little short. But yeah, I mean, we'll touch upon this game quick, Cuse versus UNC. I know we talked a lot about it a lot with Joey, but I mean, this win brought Cuse back from the dead, really. Now everyone's like, hey, you know, these guys do have, you know, a decent resume and with two massive games coming up, if they win out, they're absolutely punching their ticket to the tournament.
1: Yes, they are. And, you know, offense is having a great time. The defense is doing their thing. The face-offs are up and down. You know, they had a, a transfer come in who I was shocked when they brought him in. Um, hasn't panned out at all. Jack Fine, who's actually from Roslyn, Long Island, has come in, and he has done a, pretty, a much better job, but it's still not a consistency for Syracuse. Now, I think Syracuse is ahead of schedule. I think if they make the tournament, it would be unbelievable this year. Next year, they're going to be a problem. They have a crazy class coming in. They have arguably the top face-off guy in the country coming in as a freshman. Then they also have uh, Jake Spelina coming in, who's also a, a very good face-off guy, but he's more of a McAdory-type, two-way-mid type of guy. Um, they have a lot of talent coming in. So it'll be interesting to see. If, if they get this W this weekend, man, yo, they're going to – they're gonna catapult up the rankings
0: yeah oh yeah I mean like we talked about with Joey they control their own destiny yeah last game I'm gonna to touch upon um, and good thing Scotty's not here because we know he hates talking about the Ivy League and I could be, kind of be considered an Ivy League hater too but you know Penn with a big win over Harvard 15 nine and the reason why this is so big is because you know Penn sits at five and five right now but their RPI is ten which I I don't have my calculator out. I do not know how that number comes out of that formula. But, I, I mean, I'm looking at the RPIs right now. Penn's 5-5, five and five, and they're the 10th RPI. Yale is 6-4, and four, and they're the 9 RPI. And, I mean, with records like that, I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to think that they're going to get into the tournament. You know, Penn might not even be eligible for the tournament if they don't go over 500.
1: Yeah. Well, this goes back to what we were talking about last week when you raised your eyebrows. But I was saying, this Ivy League team, you look at the records and you're like, oh, you know, like Princeton's not that good. Yeah, put Princeton in the Patriot League, see what the hell happens. You know what I mean? Like, it's just – it is what it is, man. And, you know, these these teams all are playing a competitive schedule. I mean, because of how good those teams are, Penn State's strength of schedule is ridiculous. Totally. Because they played Cornell, Yale, and Penn. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, it's going to be uh, – I don't know if Ivy League the only way I see Ivy League getting more than one team right now is if, if Cornell gets upset, If Cornell loses the Ivy League tournament?
0: Yeah, I agree. But I think just you know, back to your point, the Ivy League tournament, who knows how it's going to shake out. I'm sure yeah. I'm sure a lot of these bubble teams, like my Villanova Wildcats right now, uh, you know hope it goes to chalk. And Cornell takes that bid, and it's a one-bid league. But, you know, Harvard beat Cornell. Like, that's yeah. that that shouldn't have happened. But, you know, that's college across Things like that but do it's
1: happen. Ivy, it's the Ivy League, man. When you play a team every year and it's a rivalry game in a, in a conference as historic and competitive as that, mm-hmm. anything can happen, man. I mean, look at the Big Ten. It's certainly not looking the way everyone thought it would this year.
0: Yeah, I mean – with with Hopkins' resurgence um, you know they're playing great ball but yeah that, that kind of completes our recap from last week
1: well we got we got to we got to do talk about we got to talk about one game this coming weekend
0: you you army kick navy. it off then
1: kick army it off navy. love it yeah let's talk about army navy i i, I think navy it, so navy lost their their number one offensive player went down they played Colgate the next game and they looked completely lost they lost three in a row at one point, and now they're on a winning streak. And they are believing in themselves. Anthony Gobriel, their so- uh what is he, a freshman or sophomore? I think he's a sophomore. Face off man is crushing it um from Highland Park, Texas. And, you know, Army is very similar. Where they, you know, they've had a couple of impressive wins. Uh they have a pretty good record, but when you look at their strength of schedule, it's kind of all over the place. So, you know, I think, you know, you take that away from the fact that I've just always like, we grew up watching army Navy football in my house all the time. I have, you know, good relationships with both head coaches at army and Navy. And I, I just love this rivalry. What do you what do you see happening in this game?
0: I mean, I feel like these games always are just one goal games, overtime games. It means so much to the players that are playing in it. Uh you know that the students come out and support. You see them all dressed up in their in their uniforms. It's you know, really special event how it is in football like you mentioned and I know some people that have played at both uh colleges and lacrosse and you know they tell tell us about how much that game means to them and right if they just win that one game I think that makes their season um
1: and it's kind of crazy man
0: and you talk about how you know Army is sitting at nine and two they beat Rutgers they have losses to UMass first game of the season and uh Cornell by a goal so they are really kind of win the Pat League and in because their RPI is sitting at 21 so that's not going to get them in Not going to get in that large. So, I mean, I think they're playing for their lives right now. And I think that Army is going to come out a little bit more inspired. I think that Navy has been a little – I know you talked about they went on a little bit of a run. But I think that they are kind of just finding kind of replacement parts at this point where a lot of their kind of main guys have been out. Um, But, yeah, I mean, mean, it's going to be a great game either way.
1: Yeah, it's going to be a great game, I I think. When I look at this schedule, you know, I'm I'm obviously excited for that one. I think Maryland Hopkins is going to be a dogfight, but I think Maryland's going to win that one. So so
0: I want to ask you something, because the big buzz on Lack's Twitter this week is how the Army-Navy game is scheduled at the same time as the Hopkins-Maryland game. You know, two of the arguably biggest rivalries in college lacrosse. Um, I know our boy Quint Kesnick, you know, went on his uh, soapbox and talked about how— We need to be better at scheduling these games for the viewers, for the fans at home. And and honestly, I agree with them. You know, if you're going to watch these games on TV, right, I I don't know that many casual fans are going to have, you know, their iPads up on one and then the game on their TVs. So I think, you know, we do need to be a little bit better at scheduling. What do you think?
1: We do, but also we have this interesting juxtaposition in lacrosse where we want lacrosse to be as big as other sports, but then we also refuse to accept that we have to do things that other big sports do. So when you go to college football Saturday, the games aren't spread out 8 AM to 12 PM or 12 AM so that we can watch every single game. No, I'm a Penn state guy. I'm going to watch the Penn state game. And you know, there's only so many hours in the day, man. Like, if you are obsessed with the Navy Army game, you're probably not obsessed with the Maryland Hopkins game. Like, I, you just have to pick, man. Hey, good news, it's 2023. Okay, go to the ESPN app, watch both of the games, man. Okay, it's not really worth getting that upset about. I think, you know, they spread them out the way they have to based on the on the you know the stadiums. But it is, you know, I, I would I like for the games to be back to back. Sure, but it's. They're just not so.
0: No, you're right. Up. You're right. It's, that's the that's the realistic take uh, how the world works. Take, but yeah, talk to me a little bit more about that Hopkins Maryland game. You you said you see Maryland coming on top. Uh, games at Maryland there uh, minus two favorites. I know they play for that big wooden crab. What do you think about this game?
1: So yeah, I think it is going to be. I think it's going to come down to the end. I think Maryland's just going to have an overwhelming possession advantage. Yeah, yeah I think Weirman's going to be Weirman. Um, now, the one thing is what we've learned so far with the travesty of officiating right now with face-offs is they are Maryland refs. So both guy, both teams, those guys are going to be used to however it's being called there. So not a massive competitive advantage for anybody. But I feel like at the end of the day, the insane play by Maryland's goalie right now and um, their face-off advantage is what's going to put them over the top. I like – would you say the spread is too? It's,
0: yeah, it's minus two to Maryland
1: you, know, you don't see very many even twos, that's interesting. Push um, plays yeah that's that's pretty interesting. So yeah, um, that one's interesting to me. Uh, Virginia Syracuse, obviously, you know if you're if you're an ACC guy you want to see a whole bunch of lacrosse. I mean if you're just a blue blood lacrosse fan, then yeah, Virginia Syracuse at two. And then you get your Marilyn Hopkins at six. So there you go, Quentin. You get some sleep tonight. Um, <laughs> you know, I think Petey LaSalle is going to be the main difference maker. I was actually talking to a PLL coach today because the big board came out. Um, a couple people, Dan, our boy Dan Arestia, put out his big board uh, for the PLL. And none of them had Petey LaSalle on it. And I'm personally offended as a face-off guy. Like, you know, I didn't coach Petey LaSalle, I'm just a fan of his game. I think he is like a, a 2.0 version of like a Joe Nardella. Like Joe Nardella is a great face-off guy, but I just feel like um, Pete LaSalle is faster, stronger, like meaner. <laughs> and I think that he and Mike Sisselberger are definitively the top two pro-ready face-off guys going into this draft. So I think he's going to be the difference maker. I think I – think, I love Syracuse, but I think for – I think, Sarah, I think Virginia's that, that gonna
0: spreads minus five to UVA. Uh, I, you know, I'm confident in Syracuse after having Joey on, um, you know, I'd take the the plus five points. I mean, I think yeah, it's a really close game.
1: what? If this was in the dome, I would agree with you.
0: Yeah. And I don't know what the total is, but I mean, there's going to be a lot of goals in that game.
1: Be a lot of goals.
0: There's going to be a lot of goals. Be a
1: lot of goals. And it's funny because you have two of the historic greatest defensive coaches in our game and Lars Tiffany and, uh, uh, Coach Petromala, and, but the offenses are insane. Um, no,
0: know, know what I meant to bring up to you—that uh, you know, give some face-off love from me—is when I was watching that Cuse UNC game, they said that the UNC face-off guy leads the midfield in goals for UNC.
1: Andrew Tyre leads the midfield in goals. I,
0: I think that's what I heard. I'm going to pull this up because that
1: I th- might be indicative of why they're. Yeah, like last night, but
0: I said. mean, face off stay on. You got to love that, right?
1: That's not a good. That's not a good indicator of success. You know, my first year in 2010 with the Lizards, three or four games in, I was second on the team in points, and we were 0-0. So there's
0: <laughs> we there, owing. on the on the roster. They have four players listed as attack, so that might be why. But one, the fourth attackman has 14 goals. And the face-off guy has 13 goals. The next mitty, Harry Welford, has 12 goals.
1: So Andrew Tyre has 13 goals this year.
0: 13 and one.
1: Yeah, <laughs> dude. Does the, does he also play man up like I did at Penn State? Is that because I don't? Holy shit, no, kid!
0: D- he just he just just throws and He's on the break and drops his hands Yo, and puts it on the Andrew. bar.
1: Andrew. You're the man, dude. That's that's baller status shit right there. I
0: heard 13 goals is <laughs> crazy.
1: Kids averaging a goalie game as a face-off man in Division I. Holy shit. I would
0: love to know what the single season record for goals by a face-off guy is.
1: That's a great question. Because he's got to be close. He's got to be. Does that mean only off of face-offs now?
0: I, I think – all of his goals are only off face off. I know like in the no, past seeing,
1: like all-time record are you cuz I might enter the chat on that one cuz I played man up at Penn State. Yeah,
0: and I know like I I you know what? Uh, remember Tim uh Tim Edwards at all? Yes. Yeah, he he played like everything at Canisius. Yeah. So, I mean, I know he faced off, but I think he probably had like 40 points too. So like I
1: don't Max Ewald. Yeah. And John Glenn were technically face off guys at uh, we could go down there. Kyle uh, Kyle, uh, Kyle Harrison.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, there you go. So we have to draw – I think we'd have to draw Timber a Doug line. Janahan. We'd have to draw a line in the sand somewhere at some time period when the position really kind of became a little bit more specialized. I think
1: you only count possession from a face-off into a, into a goal. But that, that that's good for a later episode that we can totally talk about for sure.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: um, as I make my way through this schedule, we got Princeton-Harvard. Oh, my God. It's a historic rivalry.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you say everything is a rivalry in the Ivy, Ivy League. I want to hear more what you think about uh, UNC-Notre Dame. Notre Dame minus 5.5. Is ND just a buzzsaw they're going to roll right through? Notre
1: Dame at 5.5 at home. Yes. To try to solidify a number 1 seed? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with that. Not an easy place to play. So, yeah, I'm going to take that. I think... Yeah, I think they're just primed, man. And UNC has been up and down this year. Uh, you know, coming off a loss to Syracuse, it's a little bit different getting on that bus, getting ready for that game.
0: It's a tough um, trip. That's a tough trip to make from. Yeah, it's,
1: and hey, look, I love, I love Coach Corrigan. I love Coach Wellner. I love the guys at Notre Dame. That's not a fun place to go visit, man. <laughs> South Bend, this, Indiana. At least it's God.
0: at least it's you know mid you're to not, late April.
1: South Bend, Indiana. I mean, and God God help everybody if it's raining that day. <laughs> You're just sad. You're just a sad person. Um, I'm interested. Hey, big one, Villanova versus Marquette.
0: Massive one.
1: Massive one. Massive. You need this.
0: So, and unfortunately, this is like the alumni back weekend. And, and usually I organize a bus, but no bus. I'm going to be down in South Carolina at a wedding. So I I, wow. I passed the bus. So, pat- hey.
1: I passed the baton. Villanova alum out there. If they don't win this one, guess who you can blame? So, We're going to have trolling with sides on the next episode. So ripped him apart.
0: Villanova just came off a big win, get right win, right? They dropped, you know, they had a tough one to Denver. They they go up to Providence, they win twenty to eight, pretty pretty handily against a pretty decent Providence team that just lost by two to Georgetown. But this Marquette team is good. You know, they beat Penn State. They took uh, Georgetown to overtime last week. Um, You know they're going to give Villanova everything they can they can handle. Dude, this is
1: one of the this coaching staff is so phenomenal at preparing for teams. Their defense, their defensive scheme, their their rides, everything is just a little. It's different every game, and they play so well within themselves. Um, It's the defense for Marquette that is scary Mm -hmm. because they turn the ball over. They're always in the right place. They communicate really well, and their face off tandem is very impressive. They have Luke Williams, who's more of a counter really athletic guy. Um yeah, so dude, this is a tough one. What's the spread?
0: I don't have it on the the notes. I can look it up quickly, but I mean, I think like we alluded to earlier. I, I mentioned Villanova's, you know, pretty firmly on the bubble. If you drop this one, it's big East or bust. Then yeah. then that's it. You know, yep. Villanova is in a similar position right now as, as Syracuse is. They have two games left. Villanova has Marquette and Georgetown. If you win both of those, you put yourself in a in a favorable position. You drop either of them, it's you gotta win the big Easter bust. And yeah. it's a position that unfortunately Villanova, I know it far too well. <laughs> they find themselves in that situation far too often. But I think this Villanova team has has proven that. Their senior leaders, you know, last year they had a bunch of fifth years who were mercenaries, came in and played awesome and they led the team. But now we have some fifth years who decided to stay and come back. Um, Matt Campbell, Pat Daly, who are just, you know, having... Unbelievable seasons. Matt Campbell's going to be a first-round pick in the P.L. without a doubt. And Pat Daly's quietly chasing like a single-season goal record at Villanova right now. For and he's, he plays like lefty off-ball. Um, he's been dodging a little bit more. He just you can tell these guys are bigger and stronger. This Austin Frazier guy, he you know was a role player his first four years. This year he's being a just dominant midi. I think he's like twenty and twenty, just feeding and scoring. So. I mean, I'm obviously cheering on Villanova. I obviously would never bet against Villanova, but um, it, like you said, massive game.
1: Yeah, and and similarly, BU and Lehigh, huge Patriot League implications. You got two great faceoff guys. You got Sisselberger, the single season, all time greatest faceoff man in college across history. Um, he's leading. You know what, by the way, he's not getting nearly enough credit right now, dude. He's leading the country in faceoff off percentage and nobody wants to talk about it, and it's kind of offensive. And then he's playing uh Connor Calderone, who's a preseason All American, phenomenal player in his own right, all time face off wins leader um out of uh, in Long Island high school history. And um that'll be an awesome game. BU's favorite in that one, but you know, any anything can happen
0: in and, that game. And with what you said about the Patriot League too, it's like you know Army's 6 and 0 in the Patriot League BU's 5 and 1 Lehigh's 5 and 1 so i mean this is going to be a dog fight to the end uh i know everyone is leaning army just because of their you know overall record but like you said BU's 8 and 3 getting no love Lehigh's 8 and 3 getting no love and it's 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 i feel like it's predicated off their kind of RPI and people are you know basing their rankings off they're getting skewed.
1: Well, also look at their to be fair, their out of conference schedule.
0: You're right. No, you're right.
1: But like, still, I, I I think it's 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 sad that I haven't gotten a chance to see a Mike Sistelberger versus Duke game. Or a Le- you know, Mike Sistelberger again. And I'm saying Mike Sistelberger because you know he's my dude. And faceoff wise, I want to see awesome matchups. And he just keeps going against the same guys every year. I'd love to see him go out there and, you know, light it up against the Syracuse or something. Um, but we don't get that until tournament time. Mm-hmm. And then he goes against. You know, I remember the last time they were in the tournament, they went against like a number two seed. I think they played. 99%. They played Rutgers. Yeah, it was like ninety nine percent. They lose. Yeah. <laughs> you know.
0: But yeah, we have some awesome games coming up. You know, those are some of the ones we highlighted. I think, you know, just to round out this episode, I'd love to go through each league and tell me who you think, you know, your champions are going to be in each league.
1: Oh, I like this. Okay. ACC. Notre Dame. Big Ten. Maryland. Big East. Georgetown. Ivy. Cornell.
0: Patriot League. Lehigh. Uh, Homer pick. I love it.
1: <laughs> um, I couldn't keep going with the highest ranked squads.
0: Okay. Um, let me see. Who am I missing? Um, A son.
1: <laughs> Dude, I don't even know who the hell's in that anymore.
0: Uh, Jacksonville and Utah are the front runners.
1: Yes. That's right. Yeah. I'll take Jacksonville in that.
0: I'm rooting my butt off for Jacksonville. I think
1: I miss the SOCON, man.
0: Um, I think that they the so con I think that they, you know, will beat Duke early in the season and now they're kind of playing a more of a lackluster schedule. So they're not getting as much love as they were. And I think that that loss to Utah hurt them, but I'm really rooting for them um in the A Sun. And then we have the Mac, some action.
1: Where's Manhattan at right now? Doing well. I mean, I, I think Manhattan wins that conference. And then the CAA, I mean, Delaware is not getting nearly as much love as they deserve. I think CAA, this is not the same CAA that I'm used to. And I feel like this year, Delaware is going to kind of run away with it.
0: I think we've we've talked about this before, but the CAA is such a dogfight, too. Drexel, not an easy out. UMass, not an easy out. But, you know, I agree you know Delaware.
1: Is UMass still in the CAA?
0: Oh, I'm wrong. They're in the A10. Excuse me.
1: Yeah, they My ran fault. away. UMass, UMass ran away from the CAA. Man, that's a bummer.
0: Now the, the the CAA will never be the same. But no, I I agree. Let's jump to the A10. Who do you think comes away with that one? Do you need me to tell you what teams are in it?
1: No, I think, you know, either St. Joe's or UMass who are playing each other this weekend. So that'll be cool to watch.
0: I think St. Joe's has the advantage there, but like you said, UMass is a tough team. Uh, you know they beat Army. They're they're not an easy out. But no, I like that yeah. pick with St. Joe's. And then, what the heck league am I forgetting? Um, we did Ivy. We did a Sun. We did oh American East. Is that still a league? I'm just on Google right now.
1: I think the American East is not a league this year, right? Well, oh no, it, they are.
0: Is Vermont in the American East still? Vermont
1: taking Vermont Sun.
0: There you go. We got Vermont. And that yep.
1: that is Turbo Turbo Tommy Burke.
0: I love it. I like Vermont. I think they're a strong team. You know, they played Cuse closer in the season. They I know they're a preseason uh kind of darlings, yeah. darlings after uh their them
1: their and Saint Joe's, Joe's are both you know, darlings that are not that are underperforming this year for sure.
0: That that are great for their leagues, right? And I think then sometimes yes. they come out of conference and they get reality checks, but you know, just to round it off, that's what's so great about the automatic bid when you win your league. You know, you get a chance for these teams and these kids that, you know, don't often play on ESPNU or ESPN2, yep. and they get to shine. And all of a sudden, you're watching these games, and you're like, you know, like last year for St. Joe's, you know, taking Yale down to the wire. You're like, holy shit, these kids are awesome, and these kids can ball. And like we don't watch them that much, so you know that's what's great about how uh, you know the NCAA does it for lacrosse. I know people complain that not enough teams get in, but hey, not everyone can get in. You know, there's I think eight or nine at-large bids, and the same either eight or nine AQs. Or so it's gonna be fun to shake out, man. I'm excited to watch this season run down. It's gone by like a flash. I feel like
1: I know so quick, really fast. (laughs) I feel like the whole spring has because we don't get spring anymore. So we we get we get winter, it snows and then 2 days later it's 9 degrees and you get sun cancer. <laughs> so um, you know, I feel like the spring somehow the spring just got condensed. But yeah, I I mean we got this last week and then off the tournament time, man. I am so excited to discuss tournament time with you next week. It's
0: Absolutely. Be awesome. I'm juiced as well. Make sure you follow along with our podcast, giving you all of the updates from last week and all of our predictions and analysis for games coming up. We're so excited to break down this home stretch of college lacrosse. And then before we know it, we're going to be in the PLL season. And that's just a whole mess of more fun
1: draft is coming up baby
0: yeah and tune in we'll, we'll be sure to preview the draft give uh you what our thoughts are on you know the big boards we didn't touch upon that too much be sure to tune in in later episodes we'll give you all the information and what you guys need to know as lacrosse fans in college and pol but man greg another great episode in the books
1: Uh, just keep it running baby I love this
0: keep it running make sure if you're listening on Spotify or Apple subscribe to our podcast and hit that download button and if you're watching us on YouTube subscribe to the Torch Pro YouTube channel and as your host Dan Seibel I am out